Hello, and welcome to another exciting edition of Meet the Author. This is Fran Briggs coming to you from Yuma, Arizona, where my guest today is Lynn Petronella. Lynn is the author of Nowhere to Run and American Odyssey. Lynn is also a tremendously talented and gifted woman whose attributes are innumerable and span decades. In 1984, after her own Olympics were boycotted, Lynn went on to coach Joan Benoit, the first American and first woman in history to win the Olympic gold medal in the marathon in Los Angeles, California. Fascinating, innovative, energetic, and optimistic are just a few adjectives that are used to describe Lynn. She is the founder of www.itsawomansworld.tv, and she has pioneered a number of projects her latest is Empowering Mothers Everywhere. Miss Petronella is the mastermind behind the world's greatest achievement medal. It was designed to raise up and recognize mothers worldwide. In January 2009, she presented medals to Cindy McCain, her daughter Megan, and First Lady Michelle Obama. Welcome, Lynn. It's a pleasure to have you today. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. Great. Lynn, I mean, your accolades, I mean, as I mentioned, span decades and certainly beyond that. We're not going to be able to touch on all that you've done. But one thing that I definitely want to address, and especially because we have Mother's Day just literally around the corner, is the world's greatest achievement medal. So tell us, how was that conceived and how is it doing today? I conceived the world's greatest achievement medal when I was training for the Olympics in Boulder, Colorado. I realized at that time that uh, as a marathon runner and as a woman, I was capable of an amazing amount of endurance, which I had no clue that I was capable of. Prior to that, I was 22 years old. And I realized, of course, I was capable of that kind of endurance because as a woman, I would be one day giving birth, and giving birth would require 20, 30 hours in a delivery room of endurance to give birth to a child, which, while I was running, I felt would eclipse any marathon or any other event because of its power and its length and its endurance, and I, I wanted very much to create this piece of jewelry to honor that special commitment that mothers make when they give birth. It's awesome, and I like the metaphor that you use. Certainly, it's an honor to all mothers, and only, well, less than half the population actually will experience the experience of giving birth, but those who have, and certainly those who witness, have a very good to accurate idea of all that it entails, and it's not just the birth process, but it's the minutes to come, the months to come, the years and decades to come of nonstop dedication, love, responsibility, and I can go on. Now let's talk about the physical product, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Um, it's about one and a half inches. It's 24 gold plated metal, and it has a the laurel wreath. Tell us about the significance of the laurel wreath and the picture of a mother on it. The picture of the mother, I, I like when you were talking to me and you said you felt like you were holding a piece of history in your hand. 
basically, to me, it is a piece of history. Uh, when you run a race or win a marathon, traditionally the marathon runner will, will be given a laurel wreath on their head, and that goes back to the Greek times of when marathon running was first created. Uh, just for those who don't know much about marathon running, the actual first marathon runner ran his first race and died, so I always like to say I ran it and I'm still here. So I'm here <laughs> for a larger, I have a larger marathon to run. I call it My Own Marathon for Moms, M-O-M, My Own Marathon. And the laurel wreath on the, the head of the woman is the significance is that she's had this amazing victory and now she has her child. And um, I felt the two things were very inter intertwined, and I, I felt that that was a piece of the the design that needed to be on there to to uh, to honor the mom for that accomplishment. Uh, curious, when did you actually start running? Entered a race. I got my picture in Newsweek magazine, and the next thing I knew, I was hired by Pepsi to run the largest all. Uh, American running race in America called the Diet Pepsi Run America Run Series. And while I was putting that series of races on, I was training for the Boston Marathon. So I was putting on 300 races all around the country, training for the Boston Marathon, and miraculously was able to run a 257 marathon on nine months of training, which at that time in history in 1978 would have won me four Olympic gold medals had I been a male. So I thought, wow, wow, this is only nine months of training. I must really, this is just the beginning. I just was starting. So I got so excited. And, you know, the next thing they knew, everyone was telling me, you need to go to the Olympics and win the gold medal. <laughs> I was like, okay, where do I sign up? <laughs> that is so, awesome. Yeah. Nine exciting. months of training. And that, that was absolutely it. incredible. And, and those of us who are athletes and certainly those who are Olympians and professional athletes know that nine months is actually nothing when you're actually preparing for such a spectacular event. And those times, as she noticed, their times are actually very competitive with the uh, the men's time. Well, yeah. and at the time, it was really a time of self-discovery. I learned more about myself in that year than I'd ever learned before because I really had put myself to the test. And I say in my next book should be everything I ever learned about life I learned from running the marathon, 26 things you need to learn about life because you, you have a lot of time to you learn a lot about yourself and what you, you, know, what you can endure. What you can Powerful. endure. You know, and, and the key to that, Ellen, is that um, for all of us, I do believe what we can endure is actually more than we realize. So many of us fall short of that mark. I agree with you, and I think for myself it was a growing up experience. It was an enlightening experience. It was an awe-inspiring experience. It was a many different things for me, and as a result of it, I wanted to do something more with my life that besides running, I wanted to give something back as a result of the experience I had, and this has been something I've wanted to do for quite some time is to design these medals, give them to mothers, raise money for charity through doing it and selling these, but also raise awareness of the unique, amazing nature that is women and motherhood so that we learn to honor and respect each other for, for the individuals that we each are. Because I say on, on my website, itsawomansworld.tv, she's got the whole world in her hands. Each child is a, is a whole world unto itself. And... Uh, you know, that's an amazing miracle. So, and You know, it, it's just fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. 
fascinating, the, the whole concept of motherhood, um, everything that we're sharing today. Um, women are the birthers, so to speak. Only a woman can give birth, you know, to another child, and that in itself is something that I don't think any of us will get the true impetus around that. I you think know, the other reason incredible. I wanted to share this was that men understand sports, and I think I wanted men to really understand who they're actually living with. They're living with a greater athlete than anybody else that's on TV. I mean, this woman that's having your child is greater than any football star. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I felt very compelled that we have this sports-obsessed society. And I like good sporting events as much as the next person, but not to the exclusion of your family. And I think that became a very con- disconcerting thing for me to watch, how families were breaking up because everybody was so consumed with, you know, Monday night football, Thursday night hockey. You know, the woman that has your child has just sacrificed her life, so that deserves some time, energy, and effort. And uh, I think we're seeing that maybe with the economy the way it is today, maybe more people will, will become closer and appreciate those people in their life and share those special moments in time with each other. So as Mother's Day approaches, I think it's a great gift. I mean, people will spend $50 on roses, which are going to die in two or three days. This medal is something she'll wear, she'll enjoy. I've had people call me and tell me their wife is their champion. They were in the delivery room with her, and, you know, they, they really realize the enormity of, of that. Uh, I applaud those men, and I, I, and I appreciate them understanding the great gift which their wife gives them. Uh, adolescents and women and daughters, too, who do understand the significance, but not it, not so much in its totality. With this medal, which is, again, it's absolutely beautiful. It's one of a kind. I've never seen it before, but Every mother has literally earned it by virtue of the fact that she has given birth to it. And what makes it so exciting is that everyone can relate to it. The giver, be it the, be it the husband or the son or the daughter or sister or an aunt, whoever, um, they have such a pride, you know, a, a newfound pride to actually give it to someone who truly uh, deserves it. And, of course, every woman who was born a child, who receives it, it's hard to not be excited about it. Here's a medal that you truly earned. Well, and when I see the women, I wear mine every day, come up to me, and their face lights up, and they, some of them cry. The reaction it has, this comes from a place in my soul. I, I, I just think it's so amazing that it's beyond that. And I was the third. She oh was in God. labor with me for 36 hours, but the way oh. she tells that story, she never complains or anything else. She kind of giggles because my dad actually had to come back to the hospital. He had two shifts, and he was falling asleep. At the time I was born, um, he was asleep, and he just didn't. She meet my mom insisted that the doctor and the nurse would, you know, race him, wake him up. Like, get up, you know, I don't have this baby. So <laughs> You're she, sleeping, she, and I'm in labor for 36 hours. 36 hours. Showing with you the me. endurance. Oh, yes. my goodness. So, <laughs> no, needless to say, we have that bond because, you know, in addition to that, I was coming face first, which was very dangerous, um, you know, back then. It, of course, now, too, but I could have easily, you know, broken my neck. So, 
um, we definitely have that bond. And, and every birthday, I say, Ma, I'll tell the story again. She tells it to me like you know, I'm five or six years old. And it's like I'm hearing it for the very first time. These are the stories that are connected with what Lynn is doing with exactly. this very, very Great story. Uh, incredible <laughs> me- uh, medals. Uh, Lynn, go ahead. Give them the uh, website again and actually spell out the words so there's no mistake. Okay, where it's, they're going. it's a woman's, W-O-M-A-N-S, world.tv. It's a woman's world.tv, and we have them online. Um, we'd love for you to contact us. We, uh, we'd love for you to present this gift to your mother for Mother's Day as a special tribute. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, Michelle Obama got hers. We were actually uh, able to be in the Oscar bags this year, so we got one to Angelina Jolie. So you'd be in very good company. And <laughs> we think that your mother is worth at least that medal and the front page of People magazine. And if I had my wish, every mother would be on the cover with her child. <laughs> but the medal's my one contribution. And we will use 5% of our proceeds right now is going to go to child health. That's our charity of choice at this moment. And as we evolve as a company, our goal is to sell a million medals to a million mothers to help a million children. And we're preferably doing that to help people in the United States. The product is made in the United States, so we're all about uplifting Americans first. I want to add that. Excellent. And it is absolutely excellent. Now, I'm going to tell everyone, and and Lynn's done the same, and actually Lynn is proud. Lynn is 54. You don't hear it in her voice. Of course you don't. What you hear is a passion. You know, most people, when they get in their fifth decade, their voice starts to wane. But the fact that her energy is there, her passion is there, her mission is there, she's still a baby, you know. So (laughs) I'm just really honored to represent her. Um, and actually, I'm happy for everyone who's in sound of this interview. And if you take nothing else away from this interview, take the energy and the fact that she has a mission that is totally lit and fueled by passion and then create your own. So definitely I want everyone to use that as a consideration. Now, Lynn, uh, another thing that I wanted to address for those of us who take so many things for granted, when you were running, you told me that you were running in a pair of Nikes, and at the time, Nikes did not even have a market for women runners. Oh, no, they didn't have women's running shoes. I had to run in the men's shoes. So, um, you know, I was uh, a precursor to the women's shoes, but uh, Nike, just so everybody knows, means goddess of victory. And at the time, I didn't really, wasn't paying any attention to that. I just needed shoes to run in because... When you run 80 to 90 miles a week, you go through your shoes, and, uh, you know, the men's shoes were better made because the women, they were mostly walking at the time. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, they were making these very flimsy walking shoes. I needed something a little sturdier. So it was a really wonderful, magical time. I was training with Frank Shorter and his crew in in Boulder, Colorado, and Frank had won the Olympic gold medal. So I mean, I was around a very exciting group of people at a very exciting time. I was very privileged to run with Olympic athletes like Mary Decker and Kenny Moore and Frank Shorter and Dick Quacks and Don Cardong. I mean, the list goes on and on, and Bill Rogers. 
I mean, I was with all of these wonderful people. And uh, when the Olympics was canceled in 1980, I just decided I'm going to do something about this and I'm going to make some a way for another woman to do what I really wanted to do. But it was much bigger than running, what I want to say. Running is a vehicle. That's a warm-up for what women are going to actually do or what men are going to do. Everyone has a marathon to run in their life. This life is full of pressure and twists, and running is probably the most economical exercise anybody can do, and it's um, democratic. You don't need a court. You don't need a lot of equipment. You need a pair of shoes, and you just go do it, as the saying says. <laughs> just do it. So, just do it by, by, yeah. by Nike. Now, I, I want to really go over the the awesome attribute, attribute that you have. That you worked with the Olympic champion, Joan Benoit, how did that come about to you, um, next to Joan as she goes ahead and starts her victory lap in the video? Oh, yeah, doing? absolutely. On my website, it's a womansworld.tv or on YouTube, I have clips under Lynn Petronella that show the historic win of Joan Benoit. And a lot of uh, serendipitous things happened where, of course, at that time in history, there weren't a lot of us at the top. I mean, we all knew each other. And I had been sent back to New York, and while I was in New York at a foundation dinner for the Women's Sports Foundation, Joan Benoit had happened to sit next to me. And she had just set the American record in the marathon, and no one knew. Wow. No one knew. Nobody was reporting on women's sports. And to mm -hmm. this day, they still don't do a great job. It's better than it was. But she was crying because she was very upset, and she was going to quit. She didn't think it was worth it. And I told her, look, we just got the women's marathon into the Olympics because I had been back there trying to get this event uh, passed through the Olympic Committee. So even though my Olympics was canceled in 1980, we still hadn't been allowed to run the marathon. They told us we might be able to. So might eventually became a reality in 81. And when I was sitting next to Joan Benoit, I said to her, listen, don't cry about this now. I said, you're sitting in a great situation. Three years from now, you can win that marathon. It me like I had three eyes and, you know, five feet. And I said, no, you can do it. I said, you're going to. And uh, I'm going to help you. And it started a very good friendship. Uh, it was a very lonely road for her because at that time, Greta Waits was winning everything. She was flying in from Norway. Her country allowed her to take money. There were no uh, political pressures like we were up against here in the United States. And it looked very bleak, like there was no way she could beat Greta Waits. So my strategy was for her to run a race against Greta in Central Park that was a shorter distance. And if she could get close to Greta in that race without trying to beat her and see if she could beat her, she would get the confidence. And that did happen a few months later. And a few months after that, she saw that she could get close enough to her. And after that point in time, we just started communicating pretty regularly about where she should go and what she should do. Now she had another coach in Oregon, and he was giving her schedules and stuff. But when the going got really tough and she wanted to quit many times, um, you know, I was there and I told her, you're, you're going to do this and you're going to win. And uh, when I got to the um, stadium in Los Angeles, uh, my ticket happened to be three rows up from the winner's stand, so I knew. I said, she's definitely going to win today. I don't think I'm sitting in this seat by accident. <laughs> and ironically, when I wrote my book, my number in the Boston Marathon in 1978, which is a year before Joan Benoit ran the Boston Marathon, she ran it in 79. She was four years younger than myself. Um, she, I had number 36 on my number 
when I ran in the Boston Marathon. Uh-huh. When she crossed the finish line, her number was 361. Wow. And that almost blew me away. <laughs> so if you saw the movie, when I saw the movie Slumdog Millionaire, I don't know if anybody's seen that movie. It's like that movie showed how every single thing in that person's life led up to that moment. That's how I felt. It was like everything led up to us being able to, because I really wanted an American woman to win after I'd poured my guts into this sport. I wasn't going to let somebody from another country come over here and win that race. It just wasn't going to happen. That was 2,000 years of history, and I wanted it to be an American, (laughs) and it wasn't going to be me. She goes, even if I don't want to win this race, I have to. You're driving me crazy. (laughs) And then she went home and had her two children and told me that was harder, so... (laughs) <laughs> well, I, now, does Joan have one of the medals today? She hasn't gotten one yet. She, you know, as after this all happened, she went on and had her life. I've gone on and had my life. She knows this is something I've been working on, but she's maintained. She's been a runner. She's worked for Nike. She's She's been a running mom, and that's really what she does. And uh, I have to get her one. These, You know, I've been very busy with uh, – trying to get them out to, to all the other people, and we really haven't communicated that much in the last few years. She's been very busy raising her children, as she should be. So That's, that's beautiful, and, and, and it speaks volumes about your ability to coach. I mean, not only are you a tremendous a- athlete, but, you know, your, your capability is just to push someone beyond their limits and to see something that maybe they – didn't see before, you know, working with you speaks, you know, tremendous about Well, you know, it was something are. I really believed in. I don't know if I'd put myself through that. That was like seven years of my life. I don't know if I'd go through that. It was something very specific because the Olympic marathon at that time in history was a real milestone for women in general. It was the one most arduous event in the Olympic Games. And in my mind as a woman, if we could shatter that batter, batter barrier, there wasn't anything we could be pre- prevented from doing because in those days, in the 70s, you, you, nobody wanted to pay you anything. And if you got married, you were considered, um, you know, financial problem because you were going to get pregnant and leave the company. So I felt like I was in a very difficult situation. I was married young, and I thought, well, you know, if I can't make enough money while I'm working here and then if I got pregnant I'm going to be fired then you know I better go out and run so that's how really a lot of it even started there because you know I really didn't have a lot of options so now there's a lot of women that get paid to run I get paid to speak and make medals (laughs) and write books and I have a book the book is being made into a screenplay we want to make it into a film so chariots of fire meets slumdog millionaire (laughs) <laughs> and, and again, the you, listeners, the book that she's referring to is Nowhere to Run, An American Odyssey, and No is spelled K-N-O-W, and that is by Lynn Petronella. Again, these medals are absolutely spectacular. Please visit the site, www.itsawomansworld.tv, for more information. There are video clips of Lynn and, of course, you'll see the medals. It's a great gift, as she mentioned before. Mother's Day is right around the corner. You're going to spend $50 on some roses that may or may not make it for three days. Why don't you really invest in something and give the gift of um, a A1 quality product? I really appreciate you, Lynn, for being my guest today. What I would love for you to do is to share your contact information so if people want to get a hold of you, they can do so. 
Oh, they can reach me. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. The number is 480-314-1058. And I've done speaking engagements. I'd love uh, for people to call me if they have any questions. 480-314-1058. And I thank you for letting me have the time to spend with you, Fran. I appreciate it. I was honored, and it's my pleasure. Thank you again. You've just listened to another exciting edition of Meet the Author. My guest today was Lynn Petronella, and I will see you again. And until then, take care. Bye now. This conference is no longer being... Good morning, Americans. It's Lynn Petronella talking to you from beautiful, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. It's a hot summer day, but we're getting a beautiful, cool, dry breeze. I love Scottsdale in the summer because everyone leaves and thinks it's too hot, but it really isn't. I'm calling to talk to you today about the beauty that is America, which I think we forget sometimes because there's so much on TV that doesn't show the beauty. Um, I have had a great experience of getting to travel all over the country and see some of the beautiful sights. And just this past weekend, uh, the same day that uh, Nick Walinda went over the Grand Canyon, I had the great uh, opportunity to kayak down the Salt River, which is about 20 minutes from my home, with beautiful sheer cliffs that looks like Montana, uh, with a lovely family and their daughter, and we went down about 10 miles of the river uh, on a beautiful morning and saw nine gorgeous wild horses and their new babies. And it just reminded me of what summer really means. It means being outside with your family, enjoying the sunshine, enjoying some fun exercise, being in the water, um, doing fun things. I think playtime in America has been grossly underestimated. Sure, it's fun to go to the gym and work out, but you know what? It's a lot more fun to do recess. I think recess is highly underrated. Play used to be what you do as a child, and I think to get back to that, no matter how old you get, I think you really have to go out and play, whether it's with the dog, your kids, um, you know, every, I, I, being a very competitive person, I have to remind myself that sometimes you just forget all that and just enjoy the beauty that is America, uh, the place that we do live, and hopefully uh, people will start to take better care of it uh, regards to, you know, garbage and pollution and things like that. Um, you know, we do have an amazingly beautiful country. And uh, thank God for Theodore Roosevelt uh, taking portions of it for national parks. Um, we have some of the most beautiful na uh, parks in the world. Uh, Yosemite, Yellowstone, uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, um, places that are just spectacular. If you do get to travel around the world, yes, the world is a beautiful place, but I always love coming back home to the United States. I think we're such a lucky nation. Um, I hope that the people out there who are representing us will learn to take better care of this country, and I hope that the people who live here during this summer get to enjoy their time outside playing and enjoying some recess as we come up to the 4th of July weekend which is in honor of our independence. Um, America, we're still a very independent country. I think that's what people admire and hate about us at the same time. Um, being able to be unique and be an individual is an inalienable right that we have. So uh, for all of you out there that march to the beat of a different drum, keep marching. 
there's no real right or wrong. Um, be true to who you are. Um, try to find the best there is in yourself so you can give that back to the world. And, uh, you know, be encouraging to the people around you. We're, we're a nation that's kind of hurting on many levels. And for those of you who can give an encouraging word, a kind, do a kind deed for someone in need, those are all great parts of, of, of being alive and enjoying the country that we do live in. And uh, I hope everybody doesn't work too hard over the summer. I still miss, miss not being a child and having that three months off. I think every time the summer hits, I just want to run like a wild horse and give up working for three months. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that will come in the near future. But in the meantime, uh, we got to kayak down the river. We got to watch uh, Nick Walinda cross the Grand Canyon uh, untethered, um, which was an amazing feat. And it reminds us all that we're all capable of so many things that we don't even know sometimes. So maybe uh, push yourself a little bit, play a little bit, enjoy some good, clean American outdoor fun, and try to forget about the news and all the nasty things that people are saying. You know, America used to be a lot more simple, a little less vitriolic, and I liked that America a little bit more. And it still exists if you turn off a lot of the TV, <laughs> put on some nice music, and go outside and play. Have a great 4th of July, and America, you're still beautiful.